Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles presented by Bolin Media. I am your host, Ross Bolin, here as always with Mr. Barrett Dudley, bringing the vacation vibes to your ear holes and eyeballs if you're watching on YouTube. Do you do you think that we have do we have any uh, music producers out there? Do we have any beats guys? Because I I would like to take the oysters, clams, and cockles, um, you know, trap theme song that we've got here and see if you can just, get. Can some... we just add some? No, look, I've nailed it now. Listen, yeah, listen. I've been doing it for the last two hours. Yeah, like let's just can like how that that would be that would be very cool. Yeah, um, to get some of that warbling. I I think it's best described as warbling, See, maybe hooting. Here's the problem. I was thinking about this like yesterday mm-hmm. because I actually went and had Ricky Prosper, our yeah, logo yeah, guy, yeah. make us a badass white lotus mm-hmm. logo for the seven week run. And then I was thinking about the theme song. Yeah. And then I was thinking about there's only five of these left. True, true, and then I was right. thinking about do we do one for succession? <laughs> and then I was picturing in my head all the organiz- organizing I'm going to have to do to get us a logo for e- and a theme song for uh-huh, every for, show we yeah, cover. And yeah. I was just like, stop it. And I backed <laughs> off. Um, but I will say this, this is obviously episode two of season two of The White Lotus. And the theme song does hit harder every week so far. Yeah, yeah. And make yeah. me want to party. Yeah. And I don't even party, so that's really saying something. Um, we're here you're to talk just, about. You're just like re- you hear that theme song, and you're just like, man, give me some some slutty Italian prosts and like <laughs> <laughs> ten shots of cognac, and I want the wheels to fall off, and uh, and a long, long, long Vespa ride. Yeah, yeah. We're here to talk about episode two of season two of the White Lotus today, um, and let's just let's just jump into this thing because I have a lot to say. We start out. With Ethan Spiller going on a run. He's a runner. Mm. Got to have a runner in the group. And he's uh, he's going out for a run. His wife, Harper, yeah. wakes up alone mm-hmm. as a result. And and uh, we, we get a shot of the Sullivans waking up, cuddling lovingly. And I'll say this. Your morning situation says a lot about your, your relationship, uh-huh. right? Um, and having been through a lot of ups and downs in relationships... There are the times where you're very bonded together and yeah, on vacation yeah. and waking up spooning and stuff like that. And then there's the times where you're waking up and immediately getting out of the room as quickly as possible to go for a run because you're just like, I need some space. <laughs> and, and that's the way it goes. So one of the things I love about this season so far is sort of the contrast between these two couples, obviously, yeah, and, yeah. And, and sort of the different surprising directions we go from where we started off uh, through episode one into episode two. Yeah, the thing about, okay, the thing about the way that Cameron and Daphne wake up is that you got to be really careful with your shoulder situation, mm. especially as you get older. It's like, tough. I literally, like, I had a shoulder impingement, which was from multiple things, you know. Um, An impingement. And a shoulder impingement. It's basically, like, similar to, like, an AC joint sprain. This okay. Was, this was, like, six years ago. But uh, one of the things that I attributed to was I used to sleep with like one arm, like kind of like as a pillow kind It'll of thing. get you, dude. Yeah. And I had to like, I had to change the whole way that I sleep. I now have to sleep with like my arms completely by my side. Not, but I'm still like a stomach, uh, stomach or side sleeper. I don't, I can't sleep on my back. It gives me um, the night terrors. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so that I'm just, I, as soon as I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, Oh, but the the shoulder, my guy! Like you're gonna you're you're gonna damage that thing. Look, um, I, and I, I, I I've never identified with something you said more, especially because I kind of have bad shoulders. Yeah, like they're not great. Yeah, they hurt mm-hmm. when I do stuff with them. Right. Like when I try to work out and be a fitness person or play basketball and shit. And yeah, dude, 
I, I've, I'm in this space right now where I'm like, I'm totally reinventing the way I sleep. And yeah. I've started trying to be back sleeper guy. Mm, and it is yeah, tough. That is, they say that's the best way. They say that's the healthiest if thing. If you can get you, it but, done. Yeah. But yeah. I, I haven't been able to. I've been a side sleeper my whole life. Yeah. And, and as I've gotten into my mid-30s here, I've started to deal with some of this like, man, I can't spoon for shit anymore. No, no, like, no, no. It's really tough. It's not happening. I'm yeah. sorry. It's just yeah, not so, happening. So don't don't feel bad if you don't wake up and as in a loving embrace yeah. like Cameron and Daphne. Though you you wake up, you move from your from when you wake up, that's when you can roll over and maybe get a little cuddle spoon sure. in, right? Like, sure. But waking up like that, that's that's unheard of. It that's is unrealistic. Pro- that's a little preposterous. It is unrealistic, which is why it was so surprising to see. You're like, God damn, they really are the yeah, real deal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which we'll get into more later. So Portia <clears throat> is the assistant of Tanya, right? She ends up going, she's brunching alone or breakfasting alone, breaking the fast, when, of course, Tanya and Greg come out to the terrace that she is brunching on. And Greg spots her like Portia sneaking out. You see that he he sees her. He knows she's not gone, right? Episode one, he tells Tanya, get rid of your assistant, yeah, yeah. send her home. Yeah. I told you she's not supposed to be here, which feels like an important note because there's a lot of questions surrounding what's going on with Greg. I'm old um, Greg. He is old Greg. <laughs> so she, Portia ends up sitting with Albie DeGrasso, right? The youngest of the DeGrasso clan, and then is later joined by Grandpa Bert and, and Dominic eventually. Uh, we've got Jennifer Coolidge out there dropping plastic food covers and asking for Oreo cookie cake <laughs> for breakfast. For breakfast, yeah, yeah. Which is patently insane. That's not healthy. And uh, I'll say this scene really gave me the feel that this season on the whole is doing more of the, here's what it feels like to be at a resort for an extended period of time and see the same people every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where you kind of get to know each other. It almost starts to operate like a family situation. Yeah. And, and they're, they're also, they're getting to show a little bit more of that, I think, because uh, they don't have as many COVID restrictions yes. on, on this set. Yes. I think no, that's, absolutely. That's, that's pretty clear. And they can do a little bit more of, of the kind of the larger group scenes where everybody is at Everybody is at the same place for breakfast and everybody is at the same dinner, uh, restaurant for dinner. And like there's you get that kind of the hubbub. Uh, there's a community those. feel to yeah, it, though. The community. Yeah. When you stay at a small esque resort, um, you know, with like under 100 guests or whatever. So you yeah. kind of get a feel for everybody there. Uh, yeah. Harper says something to Tanya like, yeah, I think somebody's coming to help you with that <laughs> after she drops her plastic cover thing. Um, so Harper Spiller, because Ethan is off running and masturbating, eats brunch with the Sullivans, and s- this is where she starts to see that maybe these people are not as shitty as I as 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 I perceived. Yeah, you know, yeah, through through the first episode, um, which is kind of the permeating thing that happens with her throughout the whole episode. She, Harper is like slowly but surely coming around to the idea that maybe the Sullivans are not total pieces of shit that she has to hate mm-hmm. with every fiber of her being. Um, so, yeah, I mean, then we've got like Grandpa Bert comes out. He sits at the table with Portia and Dominic and Albie and and they immediately get into like whether or not he's OK upstairs, sort of. What do you think is going on? He, like, so he fell last week. He had a concussion or maybe mm-hmm. a concussion. Albie was supposed to sleep in his room. He didn't because he kept farting. <laughs> that was all weird. I thought he might be dead by episode two. Like he might wake up. <laughs> they might wake up the next day and grandpa's dead because Albie left him in there tooting by yeah, himself. Right, right. That's not the case. Death by death by a thousand toots. Yeah, cuz of the say. prosecco. Yeah. But I don't understand like what what is with the Do you think this old man leaves this trip alive? Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, you're not in on Bert dying? No, no, not no, not at all. Not I'm not all. saying he would be one of the bodies that we discover, right? But I don't know if this old man's making it out of Italy. Uh, I don't think that you. I I just this is not a Game of Thrones show, right? Like you don't cast F. Murray Abraham, put him first for he's <laughs> first build, and then when the cast him. pops up. Although I to to be fair, I'm pretty sure that they're doing it alphabetically. Uh, and then just like have him die on the show. You know, it's only eight episodes. Like, and like you're saying, like, what's this guy's deal? What are we doing? What are we, where are we going with the Burt storyline? Like, how does he factor in? How does he play in? Like, it, we, we haven't, we haven't gotten a lot there, you know, as far as Burt himself, not, not Burt in relation to his son and grandson, right? Seven so episodes. It, I have to correct you. Seven, seven, seven. Okay. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, no, you're, that's fair. Right. So like, I just, there's just seems to be like more to do with Bert and I, I think he's just going to, you know, be, a, I, I think he's along for the ride here. I love him as a character so far. And Murray F. Abraham, you said, F. Murray right? Abraham, F. Yeah. Murray Abraham. He's awesome. Thoroughly enjoyed him in the few things I've seen him in, including, uh, wasn't he Saul's? He's Saul. Yeah. Like, su- like superior slash, uh, you know, um, Enemy, Peer. rival, frenemy, sort of, rival. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. Frenemies, in, they were uh, definitely frenemies. In, uh, Homeland. in Homeland, yeah. 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 Um, which I think is the first thing I ever saw him in. And he's questioning Dominic, his son, about why his wife, Abby, is not there. Who, by the way, did end up being Laura Dern yep. Yep. as the voice actress on the phone, yeah. which is hysterical. Yes. Um, I still can't believe you you, you even <laughs> came up with that concept. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and now I feel bad because I was like, she was kind of doing a Laura Dern impression. <laughs> yes, you roasted her. Uh, I kind of roasted the call a little bit, and that made it all the funnier. I, but I still, I still stand by that as well. And I, I, it, it was very over the top. It's one bro. of those things where, like, I feel like we're going to, we're, right? We're gonna get. It's like a circle, right? And we started on the opposite end of, or like the wrong end of the circle. We're gonna come and we're gonna circle back to it. Sure, sure. And like once we f- see the the story, once we get Laura Dern on screen. It's gonna make sense. That phone call is gonna make more sense, right? It's gonna tie. And they are—they're hyping that moment up already. Uh, Michael Imperioli off—I don't want to say offline, online, but off-show has put up like multiple posts, being like, "Laura Dern is phenomenal to work with. What an incredible, powerful presence." Uh-huh. My God, she crushed that phone call. Barrett is an <laughs> idiot. Like, just—he's been giving her so much praise. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Um, and do, so you think she, we will get her on screen? Like we will oh, get yeah. Laura Dern? Okay. Surely. You don't think they'd just use her voice and that'd be it? I mean. As like a cool cameo qu- type that, deal? That would be quite a cameo. I think we're getting Laura okay. Dern. Because okay. especially we're getting into the, we're, we're talking about this conversation that Burton and Dominic have, right? Yes. Where he's like, why wouldn't she be here? Why wouldn't she come? This what did you do? To, I could have done literally anything and my wife would have come on this trip. Right? I could have like, burned the house down. <laughs> Which sounds like it might be a bit of an exaggeration, but we do find so, out he lost his wife mm-hmm. earlier that year, Bert, and they were married for 53 years. She was very sick, um, apparently, but uh, we end up we end up getting into their relationship a little bit more later in the episode as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Felix Grey Glasses, by the way, the best blue light glasses in the game for watching the White Lotus in comfort and style five years ago. Felix Grey set out to create eyewear that would improve daily screen time, and since then they have been on a mission to create a better relationship with technology, filtering 15 times more of the blue light that can make screen time tough on eyes and disruptive to sleep. I've been working on the internet for a very long time, over 10 years now. Spend like 10 hours a day staring at computer screens and cell phone screens, and when I'm done with work, I like to relax by watching my favorite shows and movies. 
which involve larger, even more intense screens. So a couple few years ago when I was introduced to Felix Grey, everything changed. These glasses are the quality of designer frames, not some cheap blue light coating that's going to chip off. There's no cheaping, no chipness, no chip, no chipping, no cheapness. I should say. Okay, and, no chipness. Uh, exactly. They're amazing, though. I've got like six pairs. The frames I would recommend you check out, the Faraday, the Nash, and the West are three of my personal favorites. Go to our personal URL, felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC to support the podcast and get free shipping, free returns, and free exchanges. They've got non-prescription and prescription available, nighttime glasses that help you wind down for sleep. Check them out now, felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash OCC. felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC for free shipping, free returns, and free exchanges. So... Do you have clarity now around Ethan and Cameron's business relationship? Because you and I were kind of going around this, trying to figure out exactly yeah, what happened. I, I, I don't want to throw you under the bus here, but I was clear from the get-go. It okay. just didn't seem that important I was for, not me to clear. Cor- for me to correct you on Okay, it. got it. Because like, yeah, I definitely caused confusion with the things <laughs> I was saying last week. Yeah, they're... Um, uh, uh, Ethan and Harper are worried that now that they are rich, their already other rich friends are going to like be l- using them for money or they want to pitch them on some new investment deal or like right. do something so like that. I thought they were in business together, but it's Cameron and Ethan were college roommates, college became roommates. friends. Yep. It sounds like Cameron was already a successful businessman and recently Ethan came into a windfall as Sold it is referred to, or something, and right? now he's loaded. And yeah. the concern from the Harpers is, or the Spillers, is that these people are going to need money from them for some reason or yeah. another, and that's yeah. why they're on the trip. Right. Um, okay. Just wanted to clarify there. So yes. they're, it's yeah. not that they're business partners. Right. That was my impression after the first episode, and I was incorrect. I do think Cameron will inevitably ask Ethan for money. Yeah. There. Um. We're, we're, this is something we can kind of dive into now. Yeah. But but this episode like spends a lot of time i think just kind of continuing to push us along the track that that you and i were were on top of through episode one which is like yeah maybe these people are ignorant a little bit ignorant and not totally uh in tune with like all the social problems of of the day and age sure. and who knows if they're actually even going out and voting or not like yada yada, I can't yada even remember like, if they voted right dude. but 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 they yo vote for they, the record <laughs> right yes here in texas yeah um, but they, uh, they seem to really love each other and they have a good relationship and they're having fun on vacation and they care for one another and they are, you know, they're, they're, they're on the kind of loosey goosey They're on the same wavelength and that's like yeah. worth something too. Right. So I do think that at some point we may get the rug pulled out from under us on them because Feels like it, right? Yeah. Because they pushed us even further in that direction where you're kind of like, well, Maybe they're a little scummy, but they're nice. They love each other. It's almost too good to be true this episode, though, (laughs) where there's not a single moment that makes you feel like these people are probably really, really shitty underneath it all. It's all the opposite. It's pushing you in the direction of you judged them too quickly. Not everything is as it seems. Not all of us need to be plugged into the Internet and social justice worrying every day. Right. right? So. It it does so far. There's a pretty cool. I like what they've done here because I'm not firmly a fan of either couple's particular sure. strategy. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily a great idea to be totally unplugged from it all and just caring about only your life and and living you know with privilege and not knowing what that means really. Yeah. And I also don't think it's great to be the couple that's completely inundated by misery all the time because you can't stop 
talking about the news, the right. voting, the politics, the social issues. Yeah, everything that's wrong in the world. Oh, in this in this world? Exactly. Yeah, like, so we yeah. have this mix now between these two, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes you see it from both sides, right? And all of us have a little bit of both couples, right? We all, all, all couples have a little of both couples in them. Sure. So it's just sort of, it's sort of a fun self-analysis thing as you watch the show, too. Yeah, totally. Um, so at brunch, the Sullivans, uh... Cameron is dropping these cheese dick lines like happy wife, happy life when Harper is there eating with just them two. And oh, yeah, they say they never fight. Never fight. Never fight. And Harper is so shook by this <laughs> that she literally has to leave and bails to her room and, and walks in on Ethan cranking. Yeah. Uh, which takes us to vacation cranking. If you're cranking on vacation <laughs> with your significant other, it's always kind of a low point. And I've definitely been there in the in the distant past. Um, like found myself on a nice tropical vacation somehow cranking and and look no shame in 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 the self-pleasure game mm. but there are times and places where you know this is this is not a good sign that I'm having to yes having to that I'm going at this sexual thing by myself here on vacay is is not I would put it feels vaca- like a red flag. vacation is the number one on on that list right, right. like if there's any if there is a if there is any place in time that 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 there will be room for a little bit of you know loving loving yeah. little loving it's little vacation va- vacation time man that's <laughs> when you you think you're gonna get laid for sure so him cranking um first of all i thought it was interesting that they even gave us a shot of like the porn hub screen oh yeah real porn yeah what was the was what was that about because i would say generally um especially for like the super woke crowd which i thought ethan was supposed to be sort of in mm-hmm. porn hub is bad they're like the enemy, right? Is that right? I'm pretty sure. There was a lot of exploitation and like questionable, moral, very, very shitty things that Pornhub got into. About Pornhub or just about porn in general? Pornhub in particular. Okay. Being one right. of like the leading bad areas in pornography. Like if you were trying to choose like clean, morally sound Mor- porn, uh-huh. you yeah. wouldn't be going to Pornhub. So I just thought it was interesting that they gave us on HBO like a shot of yeah. the fucking homepage of him like browsing for porn. It was yeah. weird. You, they probably had to get that cleared by Pornhub. That's I what would, I'm some some expect. type of legal had to be approved probably but Um, it was weird the act of cranking is visually hilarious by the way (laughs) it just is i don't know why it's so funny but like i even just watching this dude sit there with the computer in front of him like doing the Uh you know what i mean which can i even do that on youtube i don't know i'll stop yeah stop that i showed my nipples last week and we got away with that so yeah Uh, your thoughts barrett uh my thoughts are if you do find yourself in these dire straits um it's a bad idea to one, get your computer out for this, and two, do it on the bed, like the, in, in in a clear line of sight <laughs> to the door. What the fuck is wrong? This guy never cranked in his whole life. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is so just r- rookie mistakes here. But yeah. just like you know, take yourself to the bathroom, my guy. Get to the shower yeah. right after. That would have been a perfectly reasonable place to a do sl- it. Slightly more reasonable. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel a bit about more clandestine. Just in there. Middle of their bed, on top of the bed, and sweaty. Just went for a run. Just went for a run. Hasn't showered yet. Just disrespectful. And what it was. It I was. Will, I, one thing I will also say about Ethan, um, I thought he was a bit of an awkward runner, and I was like, ah, this guy, he's he's not doing any sports out there. And then he pops <laughs> top in the hotel room, and I'm like, oh, sneaky jacked. Yeah, what the fuck? Both these dudes are ridiculously yeah. in good shape, like crazy good uh, shape. So, so yeah, he he had a, a rockin' bod there. He's got like soccer guy body. Yeah, and then I was just like, okay, so maybe he maybe he's just you know he's just got a he's just Goofy got an run. interesting gait. Yeah. I didn't like G-A-I-T. running a tire. 
You didn't. Th- you didn't like what? I didn't like his running attire because he had a blue shirt and a blue hat, and I was like, "This is." This How did is you a, feel this... about the way he wore his hat? It always bothers me when people do ball caps, but they don't push their hair up, so they've got the so the the hair comes out like onto their forehead with the ball cap. I know people do this. I know it's people another do rookie this. mistake though. It's like a sixth so grade mistake. Shots fired. Yeah. Here uh, uh, on on uh, coming from from my ship, but uh, to your ship. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not how you wear a hat. No, it's not. Not if you're pre- not if you're trying to keep sweat out of your face. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't that that part of it so. alone doesn't make sense, and I don't like the way it looks. Um, yeah. So the Harpers get into their different schedules here after she walks in on him cranking, and he cops to it pretty quickly. He's he does. Like, also, I was jacking off. Th- that was also an interesting uh, wrinkle here. Yeah. Just owning it. Normally, you just like throw the computer in the corner, out the window. Yeah, <laughs> out the window. Be like, I wasn't doing anything. She, what? What? That? That was suspicious. It looked like you were doing something. Nope. Nope. What's with the raging heart on? I was thinking about you. <laughs> That's it. Like you never admit it's a deny, deny, deny situation if yeah, you get walked yeah. in on. Cranking. And then again, and then again, we're you know we're we're kind of like even Harper has had later says that she's the shrew, right? But mm-hmm. like she's pretty chill about it. Offers to, you know, get in on the job. Yeah. And then you turn her down. Don't get it at all. That, that you know. My wife asked me, uh, she goes, have I ever walked in on you cranking? <laughs> and I was like, you think I would tell you if you had? <laughs> it's part of the game, baby. Uh, mine said, do you watch porn? And I said, you know, because I was just had to be very honest about it. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> never have, never will. Never have, never, never will. Never have, never yeah, will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then they get into how the uh, the other couple never fights, right? Daphne and Cameron never fight, and Harper is shook by that, explaining it to Ethan. Like, these people are so full of shit. They're all over each other. They act like they're honeymooning, but it's fake. It's fake. I'm telling you, it's fake. And I know it's fake because they never, ever fight. And to her point, it is the thing that makes me suspicious that later the rug will be pulled out from under us when it comes to the Sullivans because everybody fights if you spend enough to her she's like well we fight because we talk about everything so of course we're gonna fight and I I tend to agree with that like especially after the pandemic and seeing what that did to all of us like when you're stuck with somebody for hours and hours and hours and hours on end of every day you are going to have conflict. It is inevitable. Human beings don't get along like that. It's not really realistic to expect that you would never fight, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm with her on the suspicion, but to Ethan's point, why pick at it? Like, why be such a hater? Right? Yeah, it's, well, right, and it's very, yeah, it's just kind of, it reads as, as, as sour grapes. And like she's right? being like threatened she, like, by them somehow, yeah. right, like as it, Ethan she says. She needs them to be, a, to, to be a facade. Which I think we've all, we, we can all relate to that oh, yeah. on some level too. Everybody's gone to a, a dinner with or been on a trip with or spent time with a couple that makes them question the nature of their relationship, right? And yes. their, their, whether or not their coupling is, is good um, by comparison, so... Just a lot of fun stuff happening there between the Spillers and the, the uh, what's the other name? Sullivans? Spillers, Sullivans? Sullivans. Spillers and Sullivans? Yeah, sure. Um, Tanya, with Greg, expresses that she wants to be like Monica Vitti and have her Italian fantasy day. Fantasy day in Italy, and, and she, wants, she wants a man in a, in, a, in, a, in a well-fitting suit to pick her up on a Vespa, and Greg's like, I can do that, I can put on a suit, be that guy, and get a Vespa and stuff. Um, but, yeah, what the fuck is going on with Greg? Don't know. So, 
it's, I, a, it's a huge question, obviously, yeah, after this episode. Yeah, they 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 she she gives him this um this this kind of fantasy that that she's after. He gives it to her. Yeah, we get a lot of very comical moments on the Vespa. Oh with my her, god, the anxiety I had uh, gripping too tight, and yeah, you really did think that this Vespa was just going to fly off one of those cliffs. <laughs> I thought they were garnished. <laughs> um, Jennifer Coolidge just like doing her her extra bit, which is just very funny. Uh, I know I'm sure it grates on some people, but I, it makes it always makes me laugh. Uh, and yeah, they get to like the blow up scene at dinner where like it that it all kind of just starts to crumble, right? And uh, and then later that night we see Greg back on the phone, um, secretizing. And my read here is that he's got a second family, all that, the way. Yeah, like Damn. I think I think he's got like a full on, you know, affair secret situation. Uh, yeah, like with kids and and probably the whole thing. See, because. All right, I think I th- they're obviously trying to get us to figure out what it is that Greg has got going on, and so yeah. I feel pretty baited because so, so do I. So that and that's why that's why I'm just like that. That's my knee jerk reaction. That's what I feel like is going on, but I, very very likely that I'm, we're being played here in some way. Yeah, I feel like it's it. All said and done, into the episode, Tanya walks out onto the balcony and, or not out onto the balcony, but goes and sees Greg on the balcony talking on the phone. And I think he, I'll just pull up what he, he says. Uh, She's clueless as usual. I'll be home tomorrow. Give you a call when I get in. All right. I love you too and look forward to it. So, you know, on the nose, yeah, seems like he's having an affair. But if you think about it for a second, it's like, well, what if he's planning like a surprise party for her? Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, that's what you. I think you said that last week, and or something to do some type of surprise that, in I feel like in the end, he's gonna get murdered, <laughs> and it's and it's gonna be for the wrong reason. Like she's gonna have thought he was cheating, okay, and whack his ass somehow, yeah. maybe smother him with a pillow, uh-huh. and uh, and then it's gonna turn out. Oh my god, he was actually a nice guy the whole time. Okay, this whole Denver work trip thing was just a facade to pull off some crazy scheme because he loves her so much maybe but then he hasn't acted like he loves her right right and the thing is like the thing is the what precedes the the balcony phone call is this really upsetting scene at dinner where he's like you don't even or or wait who doesn't like who she she's she's saying you don't like me at all she's accusing him of not liking her at all. Yes. Right? And he's like, well, you could leave me at any minute. You abandon people. You discard them as you if they're me, nothing. You, you made me, you sign, made a me prenup, sign a prenup. So I, like, I got to keep working. Like, I got to think about me and worry about me, right? But, but the whole, like, you know, the, the, that kind of blows up. He's clearly, like, planned out this uh, this long day that she wanted so that he can drop the Denver bombshell on her, that he has to leave the vacation in the middle of it and go back there. And so... Yeah, I don't know. That that all seemed like a lot of um, very, you know, tense activity between the two of them for him to be doing something like really nice and thoughtful and surprising like a party. A hell of an acting job if he's yeah, actually just yeah. doing some surprise party <laughs> in the background and there's nothing nefarious going on at all. Yeah, but um, but you're right. It, it definitely could be something like that as well. I can just tell they're screwing with us and it, I, it, I don't it, like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that feeling as, as well. Um, the part where they are discussing initially Tanya's laying out her, her Italian fantasy, my favorite piece of clothing in this episode is Greg's yellow shirt that he's wearing. I'm looking at the shirt going, I got to get this fucking shirt somehow. (laughs) It's an amazing vacation shirt. Uh, and then the DeGrasso's talk Porsche. Oh yeah, that is a good shirt. I, Mm. I noticed that too. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Very good shirt. The DeGrasso's talk Porsche into going to the Greek theater 
with them. Today's episode is also brought to you by Chime. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking your credit score? I didn't think so. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. With their secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. Chime reports your payments to credit bureaus to help you build credit over time. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash dragon. That's C-H-I-M-E dot com slash dragon. The Chime Credit Builder dragon. Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank NA pursuant to a license from Visa USA Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary, and some users' scores may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees apply, except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. So for the next part of the episode, the Sullivans have uh, a blast shopping together. Another one of the places we see them having what seems like genuine fun because Cameron's bag got sent back to America. Yeah. They screwed him with his luggage. So this is where we start to play catch up with our prostitute, Lucia, and her friend Mia, um, as they are in the shopping district of wherever the fuck as well. Yeah, they're also going ham on the, the old credit card there. Yeah. Lucia, 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 Lucia? whatever, says she's going to be Dominic's girlfriend all week, that he was tense, but he really liked her. Their little first night of uh, business dealings went well, apparently. And Dominic sets the two girls up with... All access guest status, basically, for the hotel. Yeah, yeah, he splashes out, baby. Do you feel like this would actually be something you could put? Like, all right, so I'm watching this happen, and I've, look, I've, I've spent a lot of time in hotels, and I, I know, you know, sleaziness is obviously uh-huh. a thing that occurs. Yeah, I'm not sure I've ever been to a like because this is supposed to be a five star resort. Yeah, these are supposed to be very like rich people mm-hmm. at this place. I'm not sure he would be able to pull off telling the ho- the resort manager. Point blank, nah, okay, you see these two girls that I obviously don't know and I'm doing a terrible job of convincing you are my friends and you know are prostitutes. <laughs> I'm going to want them to have full access to this place at all times. One of them can be on my room, put the other one on my grandpa or whatever, yeah. and uh, hook them up with some room keys. We're just going to let them do whatever the fuck. And the lady's like, all right, sounds good. We'll go ahead and get them hooked up. I just thought that was crazy. Like, there's no way this would ever happen. But maybe, maybe it's a little, maybe they, you know, maybe things are different across the pond. I was just about to say, one thing you got to remember is this is Italy, not the, not the U.S. Maybe they're so different with the sex workers. Slightly, you know, less prude, I would, I would have to imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fact that he doesn't have a last name for them. Is 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 uh it was the thing that stuck out to me. He's like, this is my friend. Um, um she's like Lucia. It's like and uh, 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 Mia. Like he does not know their names. Like he should have just made it, You know, he should have been just been like, and their last name is uh, Jones. Try a little hard. He right. did not try. Yeah. Uh, so maybe yeah, I, you could probably do this. I just think you need to fake it a little bit better than he did. Yeah. As far as the information that you have about your friends that are. Staying with you as guests, but not actually staying with you. Um, they're not sleeping here. Uh, <laughs> She's going to sleep with your father? No! <laughs> Damn it! Valentina was great in this scene, though. Yeah. It was another great comic relief scene for her. But yeah, he. you know what? He gets the job done, and these girls have unfettered access, and they're having themselves a day. He tells them, like, hey, look, don't go crazy, right? Like, get some drinks, sure. Yeah. Some food, uh-huh. maybe. 
don't go crazy. And then they, they, it seems like they pretty immediately went crazy. They drop racks at the clothing shop. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of purchases being made here. But they, I think they're doing the proper calculus in their head, which is that, don't worry, we just have to do a threesome now to pay for this. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's not a bad strategy, frankly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, after they get set up with the, with the hotel guest status, they just start shopping and getting shit-faced on his tab uh, for the remainder the of the episode. Hell yeah. yeah. It looked awesome, honestly. It did, it did. Um, Valentina, our resort manager, gets very <clears throat> upset when she finds out that the hotel staff, and I'm assuming Rocco, actually did hook up Tanya and Greg with a Vespa. Yes. Yeah. He's, she's like, my God, you actually gave it to them? What the fuck is wrong with you? They're going to die. And, uh, then she calls Tanya, um, Peppa Pig which is one of the funniest lines in the show so far, and also just, like, the most offensive shit you could possibly say to a guest. And she had no reaction. Tanya just went right over her head. Um, Cameron, out at the beach, asks Ethan and Harper what it's like being rich now. And they delve into this whole windfall situation. They start talking basically about the what money means to them individually, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the... Ethan and Harper are like, well, not much has really changed for us. We get to donate more money to our causes, basically, and then we help out our family members who aren't as financially set as us. Yeah, again, just a, a bit, very pretty obnoxious re- response from them. Yeah, a little holier than thou. It just you don't have to climb on your high horse like that, especially like which when follow when what follows is like another shot when she's like. We're just not that materialistic. Yeah. It's not knowing what that sounds AKA, like coming out of your you mouth. You are materialistic yes. swine. Yes. Which Cameron picks up on immediately and is like, look, we are not the shitbags that you are imagining <laughs> in your head. And she's like, no, no, I didn't say you were shitbags. Like, yes, you kind of did. Yeah. Repeatedly. You keep like underhand insulting these people right. and implying that you think they suck as humans. So, uh, but yeah, this is where the major windfall comes up, and and in my mind, I finally got separation between these two not being in business together and and making sense of that all. Um, So after this, like, awkward exchange on the beach, Cameron actually approaches Harper in the water, like, goes out there and does the classic leg grab Uh underneath the the surface (laughs) thing, and, uh, but he tells her, like, it's important to me that you like us and that you like me. Right, like what? What? What was your read here? Well, okay, this, this is, is this, after the so so flash in the, the hog the, in episode one, exactly. And this, so this is the again, we are being pushed to like Cameron and Daphne a little bit more than maybe we should, or than or maybe than we did within the first five minutes of meeting them and kind of hearing what they yeah. were all about and seeing kind of what their attitude was and right? judging from so, the surface, and, yeah. and judging from for, on a on a surf on a more surface level, but. I it, I think it's probably important that we have like two like boundary cro- crosses. Now. Yeah, he doesn't know Harper that well. They're not besties. They're not like old friends that have been on a bunch of vacations together. Right, where you could pull some shit like the little grabbing your leg thing. It's also already like a little weird. Like you're both married, like in your thirties and shit. Yeah, like or maybe I don't know, even yeah, yeah. Like. I'm not going underwater and like grabbing any of my friend's wife's legs. Yeah, that's you know that's I mean? a real boundary. Like, no, for real. That's like, I mean, it's one of those things that when you're in high school or college, the boundaries around that type of shit are are way less. They're way more fluid. It's, yes. it's less yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's yeah. less important that you that you know those boundaries. Yeah. Then, as an adult, like, there's just certain shit you don't do. It's like the it's the question at the beginning of Pulp Fiction. 
whether or not it's okay to give another man's wife a foot massage. <laughs> and when I was a kid, I used to watch that and I'd be like, who gives a shit? But now, like if I found out somebody gave my wife a foot massage, yeah, we're going to throw hands. It's that's on site. fucking, yeah. that's weird, son. Get your hands off my wife's feet, bruh. Yeah. And so like the, the, the little shark gag here, it's like, if a friend did that to my wife or to my partner, I wouldn't like make a deal, make a scene out of that. But you would be kind of but like. But I'd be like, that's a little weird. Maybe that dude just had a moment, or this motherfucker might have some type of boundary issues, right? right? All together. So, so yes. So the 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 hanging dong um, in the hotel room, and even more so the dong hanging. And then to me, and then this like yeah. this kind of like boundary cross here at one hundred percent. Like it's like they're little throwaways, but they're very, I feel like they're going to be important because they 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 he crosses the line on both of these occasions. And it does seem that there's some kind of, um, as Harper points out later in the episode to Ethan, she says, like, that's why you wanted to come. You wanted to be able to come here to show him that you're either in his league now or potentially even a little bit above it with money, right? Yeah. And and it's like the, the big dick game. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, no, that had nothing to do with it. But if there is some level of rivalry there, which seems like it's the case. Sure then this dude kind of crossing boundaries with that dude's wife feels like it could be problematic long-term. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, at the Greek theater with the DeGrasso's, we have Bert accidentally calling Portia Kara, which is his granddaughter's name, so more mental confusion from him. Okay. And then uh, he goes on a weird rant about Hades raping uh, yes, Persephone, yeah. pers- pers- Persephone, Persephone, whatever. Persephone, thank you. Right there in Sicily. And then he says to Dominic, whatever you've done can't be as bad as that, <laughs> as Hades and the raping. <laughs> and it was just like the, the way he's even using the R word, where it's like, it kind of just like hits you over oh, and yeah. over, where you're like, yeah. please stop saying it. Please yes. stop saying it. Why are you telling this story? What the hell is happening right now? Uh, totally. Everyone around him handles it pretty well, considering like Portia doesn't like, you know, she's not like fully disgusted. They're all just kind of like, okay, let's walk away. The old man is rambling about <laughs> rape. rape. What, what, what the fuck? This is just, it's, we're having a lot of, um, obviously, Grandpa Bert has been very funny, right? And old people generally are. But there's like very questionable shit being introduced into his sort of like moral, moral being, I guess. Because yeah. him cheating comes up in this episode yeah. too. Um, and just him, him trying to... Without having any information, right? He keeps asking, what did you do? What did you do? Dominic is not telling him. And it could have been anything. He just keeps assuming that there's no way his son has done anything that could possibly warrant Abby not coming on this trip or speaking to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, if, if I had to, to kind of burrow down here and, and just start doing some, some wild speculation... Uh, we talked a little bit about this, you know, just a minute ago, but like one of Bert's kind of main uh, things so far in this, in the first two episodes has been this kind of like peppering Dom about what happened. Why is your wife not here? What'd you do? You're, you, you got to keep these affairs discreet. A man's got to do what he's got to do, but you got to, you know, you, you don't rub it in her face. Right. You know? Like all these little things about like how he's chirp. He's just kind of like chirping, I mean, he's constantly horny. chirping in his ear about uh, basically how could you have let an affair ruin your entire marriage that's not that big of a deal that's not that big of a deal right so it's actually making me think now that what dominic did was maybe not an affair it might not have been an affair that was like this like this straw that broke the camel's back Ah. like maybe that type of stuff was going on 
but something but, worse happened potentially something, or different. Yeah, right. And the way that the, the way that he's talking about like the the the, the story with Hades coming up and raping Perse- Persephone and then dragging her back down to hell. Right. It's like, and you you get this look on Dominic's face that almost reads as like I, I did do something that bad or I did do something that was worse than that, but probably was wasn't a rape you know i mean mean? it was a very on the nose example because he says even like and then there's this other greek character that forgave or i think it was maybe hades's wife or i'm not sure i don't know that much about greek mythology but he brings up another greek character that that forgave forgave hades Hades, even though he raped her daughter yeah Yeah. or something and it all it obviously plays in here somehow right and we've also got that weird shit from the first episode with the head sculptures around this place and there's a lot some evil underneath it all shit happening obviously but the thing that makes me wonder about dominic to your point is like the obvious direction they've pushed us is well this guy has a problem with prostitutes yeah he's a sex addict he's a sex addict he can't keep it in his pants but this conversation really makes you start to wonder, like, well, maybe he did something, like, significantly different than what I'm thinking, and right. that's why she's as angry as she is. Because yeah. maybe, to the grandpa's point, just cheating wouldn't have made her that mad, because maybe everybody already knew that was the type of dude he was. So, we're going to have to wait and see, but yeah. certainly, uh, I don't feel great about the DeGrasso family <laughs> and how their vacation is going Yeah, they're really, so far. They're, they're, they're falling apart at the seams a little bit. Today's episode is also brought to you by Calm.com. Back in 2020, I got into meditation for the first time. It's definitely something I kind of judged as weird before I tried it. But holy shit, has it changed my ability to stay centered and calm throughout the course of my stressful life. Is meditating more regularly one of your intentions for this next year? Whether you're crushing your goals or you need a little boost, Calm can help. With Calm, you can start or continue your meditation practice and find peace of mind today. We are partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools that improve the way you feel, reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, improve focus with curated music tracks, and rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for children and adults, by the way. There's even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and up lift your mind. If you go to calm.com slash dragon, you will get a special offer. 40% off a Calm premium subscription. New content added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live happier and healthier. For listeners of our show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer. 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash dragon. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash dragon. For 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library, calm.com slash dragon. So Lucia and Mia living it up at the resort. Their their nighttime evening is approaching, and Mia sees the piano player that she threw a drink at in the premiere episode of season two. And then she goes and plays the piano and absolutely slays. She crushes her performance here. Mm -hmm. I thought she was going to bomb, but she didn't. And I, this, at this point, I didn't really know what to make of this scene. I'll be honest with you. I didn't really know what it was saying. I don't know what we're doing with the <laughs> piano player. I mean, I, like, people get drunk and do funny shit on vacay, on, yeah, I yeah. guess. But what the fuck? I don't, I don't know what to make of the piano guy, though. There was people throwing all kinds of crazy theories about the piano guy at me last week. They're like, the piano guy is going to be worried that he tried to make an offer to this non-prostitute so he's going to murder everybody to try to cover his tracks. So I'm just like, I don't think that's what happens, but uh, uh, yeah, you no know, idea. It's, it's so funny. I was, I was, uh, I, I played golf with some friends this weekend and they were talking White Lotus too. And like, they, they were very, they, like you're saying, like 
they were interested, very interested in like, oh, who's killing who? Yeah. Who's the murderer? Yeah. Who did it? Who's dead? Who's gonna die, Barrett? Uh, and I, it's just, you just don't care, huh? No, it's just very strange. It's just not the way I wa- I'm watching the show. It's like, not the way I'm watching it scene to scene, but in digesting it after the fact, I do look at every piece of what happened in each episode and then ask myself, who do I think is going to die? And like, I, you know, I, I, I keep kind of saying to myself, well, season one, it's like the death wasn't really like that big or involved main characters. And then I was like, no, no. Yeah, it did. It did involve two main characters. And it was the climax and it of was the season. Kind of the, yeah. the, the climax. So, um, but it does kind of like, it happens and then everything kind of like goes back to the way it was, right? So it, was, it, it just, it's this weird thing where uh, I, I think just different people are, are are watching the show with like kind of like different focuses in their mind. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Which is part of why I think the show is just su- supremely well-crafted. Is Very because, layered. Yeah, you, there are a lot of different layers or a lot of different levels you can watch it on or, or things that you can kind of like make your primary focus. Yeah. Um, so I... I, I'm. I don't really have a. I don't have a piano guy theory. I didn't go that deep with it. But what about and the like, scene in the general, me- though? Just kind of a. I mean, we knew. We know from episode one that that Mia is kind of like, and even Lucia, to a degree, is like she's a sex worker. But like, she's and she's talked about how she's done this a few times before. But I don't. She's not like. She's almost more of like a sugar baby. Right, which is which I mean, is in I, the same. I think that's kind of what they're trying to say too category, about sex workers in 2022. Maybe not what you think, right? Or, yeah, but she doesn't. It, she's not like running around with like a pimp, and she's not like this kind of like classic uh, archetype of like a dirty you know, prostitute, lady of the night that that yeah. you think of, right? Yeah. She's just a young Italian girl that is trying to make some money, trying and to make some fun. money, yeah. and have some fun, sure. and, and and being supported for a week by this by this wealthy dude. And Mia is has not has not had this type of experience. And has, uh, you know, more kind of like pie in the sky dreams of being a songstress or a pop star oh, or, a, yeah. or a musician. And it's like, is she going to get dragged down into to, to doing something that she doesn't want to do? Or is she going to like uh, use the opportunity to 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 build out that path a little bit more? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm just kind of spitballing here because I'm with you. I don't really have a take on, on what's going on with the with with Mia being a. Uh, being a singer, singer here. Yeah. No, it was just it's one of the scenes from this episode that when I when I was rewatching and sort of re- like thinking through what exactly each scene seems to have a very specific purpose and then there's this one with the with the piano where I was like what the fire why are they giving us this? So I'm yeah, curious yeah. if anybody in the clam fam has takes about what that scene may have meant, holler at us at Barrett Dudley at WR Bowling on Twitter. Maybe a good uh, hotline phone call. Oh that, yeah, for yeah. Patreon. Holler at us on Patreon as well. Um Let's see. So Albie and Portia go to dinner together. And of course, Tanya and Greg are at that same restaurant. And separately, we have the Sullivans and the Spillers having dinner. And at that dinner, the Sullivans bring up having kids, whether or not the Spillers want to, which is anybody in Barrett and I's age range will tell you, is definitely one of these awkward conversations that comes up time and again. Yeah. Um, especially when you're in social settings where where people do sort of um, inappropriately pry in this realm, <laughs> yeah. where it is a very personal thing. And, and the the more I've lived, the more I've found out, like, look, there are a lot of different angles that come into making kids, whether or not you want to, if you even can, all of that different stuff that comes into play that makes it really kind of inappropriate to ask anybody unless you're so fucking close with them that they are like family already, sort of. And yeah. even then, it could go wrong when you ask. 
So it's interesting that it comes up at all. The Spillers obviously don't handle that conversation entirely well. Like, Ethan's like, we're trying. And Harper's like, yeah, but not really very hard. <laughs> and then it ends up where Cameron's like, so you guys just aren't fucking, huh? Yeah, like, just, you're it, not having it sex, becomes about you? their sex life, right? Yeah. Yep. That whole thing sort of shifts. But then Cameron and Daphne share the, share the story of Daphne almost dying during childbirth and like him having to see her guts <laughs> on the table. And yeah, yeah. The, basically it brought them closer together than ever. And you never really know, you know, it's one of those moments where you find out exactly how much you love someone. And Cameron's very seemingly sincere and earnest about his his love for his wife which again causes harper to question what the fuck she's been judging this couple for when maybe it's her and her relationship that she Mm. should be judging right um all good fun stuff but yeah they get into their (laughs) sex lives whether or not they're mourning people how they're not like which i thought were all incredibly relatable things for couples especially in long-term relationships like it it is one of those things that you find yourself worrying about, right? <laughs> the older you get, like, are we having sex enough? Are other people having sex more than us? <laughs> like, it, what what the fuck is that? Like, and you don't really have a good. There's no real way to measure that, like, because nobody no. talks about it, right? Yeah. So it is it is a really weird situation where you kind of end up setting your own standards, which I think a lot of the time can go pretty poorly, <laughs> um, <laughs> in my experience. So. Yeah, that whole scene with them. I mean, it just added a lot more depth to every single one of the four characters at the table, except for Ethan. Really, I can't get a feel for this guy. Yeah, like, he's he is the mo- he's 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 the most quiet, right? Like, and and uh, he's pretty reserved. Yeah, he's very reserved, and and he's not giving us a read. He's not really able to answer. Like, he just kind of has like this vague grin on his face when. Uh, Harper presses him like, "Oh, is that like is that what we're here for? Are you kind of like want trying to one up this dude a little bit, or kind of?" Show him that you're an alpha now, like this whole thing. Yeah, he's, he doesn't really have an answer for it, and and yeah, he's he's just a little, um, yeah, he 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 just doesn't have a strong presence or take or voice on anything yet. Right. Uh, and and so he so is tough to read for he, that reason. He, he he is tough to read. Um, you know, he I I think it's like a earlier in the episode when when he and Harper are having their their first conversation. I think post post crank and then post shower. <laughs> And he said, and he he kind of has to like do the convincing that he he thinks that their relationship is good, one hundred percent. He agrees with that, blah blah blah. And it's like one of those moments. It's a little, you know, me thinks the lady doth protest too much. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And and I think that they are, you know, I think they're both kind of circling in on this possible idea that like maybe our relationship isn't where it needs to be, or isn't there wasn't the right choice, or isn't um. As Maybe good, it needs to be worked at, on at as least. good as we think it is, or does need work, or could be, or or we could learn something from the Sullivans, sure. right? Sure. So there, there, there's just a lot at play with I think, kind of like what they're seeing, um, you know, in the mirror right now, but by, by spending so much time with a couple that is like far more in touch emotionally and physically. Yeah, and I mean, I think we're seeing the two different ways you can sort of handle that in the case of his wife. Um, Harper, she's actively, it seems, analyzing that situation. Like, oh, this is not quite maybe what I thought it was. Maybe we do have some issues, like we've been saying. Whereas he's sort of choosing to, like, shut it out almost a little. Just going to go for a run, jack off. It's not a big deal. Let's just get through this fucking vacation. Like, the reason he is there, which comes up at the end of the episode, is sort of yet to be determined. But 
for everyone else, it feels like they know why they're there. I don't know. It's just there's a lot going on, and Ethan is the one character of those four yeah. that I have no read on and don't really know what what he's thinking or what he wants or right. if he's even trying yeah. right at all. So um, just something to, to keep an eye on. But, yeah, so to jump over to the DeGrasso's, Dominic tells Bert, look, you weren't as discreet with your affairs when I was a kid, as you thought you were, <laughs> right? Um, I think he calls them picadillos. He says they weren't affairs. Those were picadillos, which sort of shows he's minimizing it, right? Yeah, like yeah, he didn't yeah. do anything wrong. Those weren't even a big deal. But we're starting to get a read on why Dominic might be the way yeah. Dominic is because uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And oftentimes it's our parents who impress upon us some of our biggest flaws, as it were. So just a weird conversation there between the two of them where Bert's repeatedly pushing Dominic to patch things up with his wife and Dominic just wants to party with some prosts though man <laughs> he's not he's not here for all this uh, so Tanya and Greg have their meltdown moment at the restaurant right everything we covered with them already yep. that they she, he made him sign he made her sign she made him sign a prenup excuse me um, they have the whole scene at the end where she walks out and hears him say she's as clueless. She's clueless as usual. I'll be home tomorrow. I'll give you a call when I get in. Blah blah blah. And then we see Dominic. Oh, so first of all, the rejection part from from Ethan and Harper, where she's like, "Do you want to like jack off on my face or suck my tits?" And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Nah, I just want to crash." Turns it down again. Yeah. And and I'm and I'm like, "Come on, man!" Again, and I think I I I think a purposeful flip there, where he's kind of the one that's that 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 uh. Is the shrew? Is the shrew? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yes, since oh, uh, Albie and, kisses Portia, and there, and I and I think that's even and I, I, again, I think where we when we do occasionally flip over to the Sullivans, there's a couple scenes, one in the first episode and one in this one, where they're like, man, like she kind of sucks, doesn't she? Yes, right. They like, really question it at the end of this one, though. Uh, He's know, like, like, what? Why what, did he marry? Why her? Did he marry her? Yeah. Like blah blah blah. And I kind of feel like that's um. That that is often, I think, the reaction in like these in in a cis hetero circle or world, sure, where you generally like that. There's just like a knee jerk that's not um, really warranted. Where you're like, well, it must be the woman that is the 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 buzz kill, <laughs> right? <laughs> where maybe it's this guy, him, right? And I think they, I they, I think maybe what they, yeah, I think maybe they have it flipped a little bit where. She's not as loosey goosey as 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 they are, but like maybe Ethan is not all that like. She certainly seems more fun than him. To yeah, me. right. Is 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 really the, the 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 bigger killjoy? Look, only one of them offered to let the other finish on their face. That's right. In this episode, That's right. and yeah. it wasn't him. Yeah. Kind of, so. Twice, twice, twice in, in one day. And he's he's just saying, nah. He just wants to crank. Yeah. So yeah, um, Dom. Oh, Portia and Albie share their their kiss in the hallway. Don't really know what's happening there yet, but it's our fun little young couple storyline. And uh, Dominic, what's his name? Maltasanti, what's his name? Michael Imperioli mm -hmm. has his threesome at the end of the episode with Lucia and Mia. Looks and like it, lo it looks like it's getting getting going, right? Yeah. It's starting yeah, up. It's starting They're up. They're partying. Up. They're getting in the hot tub. Yeah, we, we don't know. I don't know. And there's clothes coming off clothes in the are hot coming tub, off. too. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the threesome is going down. And, and of course, Dominic, not very discreet. Bert can hear this through the wall <laughs> and is like, what the hell? I, 
I, I, I can, need to get myself over there. I need to get <laughs> need to Daddy, be a part da- of this. Daddy Horny, Michael. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, that's I, we covered everything, and I'll, the I I just want to ask you questions about Greg and what he's got going on, but I know you don't know, so there's no point. We're just gonna have to discuss uh, yeah. it further on Patreon later this week. Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully we have some some good phone calls to, to to just kind of spur that conversation along. Y'all get your calls in quickly on Patreon.com/slash Oysters Clams Cockles. Barrett and I are recording tomorrow afternoon, um, Thursday afternoon. Okay, so if you're in the Mollusk Militia and you've got takes on White Lotus, call in now and uh, under two minutes. Be as quick as you can. Be as succinct as you can. As clear as you can. Let us know what it is you're thinking, or hit us with a question, or a theory, or a hypothetical. And Barrett and I will further dive into episodes one and two of the White Lotus season two on Patreon.com/slash Oysters Clams Cockles for all. All the supporters of our podcast, they're pledging a minimum of $5 monthly to keep the show alive. And we appreciate you so much to everybody who's already there. Join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we did not have a hotline call episode last week because I had a mental health emergency. We didn't get to record. We're going to do a column to answer some of the hotline call questions that came from episode one. And I will also include one or two that maybe were super, super relevant if they make sense um, on tomorrow's episode. So appreciate y'all. Sorry about the delay last week. That is on me and uh, was nothing I could do about it. But uh, we are ex- excited for this week. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles for further White Lotus talk with Barrett and I all season long. Having a blast. Loving it. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for supporting and listening. It. At Barrett Dudley on Twitter and Instagram. At WR Bolin. Go to BolinMedia.com slash shop to get yourself some OCC merch. Follow us on social media. We're on TikTok at Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. We're everywhere else as well. You can watch full episodes of our show, by the way, on YouTube.com slash at oysters clams and cockles if you would like uh, every episode of our show available on youtube until next time clam fam Woo-doo-doo.